SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. We continue the conversation on the talking point and we're uh, focusing now on voting and in particular um, voter education. Moachisi Sibanda is the General Manager, Civic and uh, Democracy Education Research and Knowledge Management at the IEC. Moachisi, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to the SFM listeners. I think it's important for us as we, of course, take this not-so-long journey um, to the elections later on this year to begin then to talk about voting in the country and not to assume that everybody knows or everybody understands how our system works so that, um, you know, when there are challenges further down the line, we're able to say exactly what has gone wrong and um, members of, 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 of the population also uh, understand the, uh, that system quite clearly. So a, a good mm. place to start for then for us, Moahi, is for you to just explain our electoral system in the country. How does it work? How will the 2024 elections run? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Cathy, uh, for that question. So let's begin by saying what is the big election event that's happening in South Africa this year. So this year we've got our national and provincial elections. And the countdown for that has already begun as the commission has been preparing for this for, for many, many months. Now, what are national and provincial elections? These are two very different elections where we choose representatives to the National Assembly uh, and nine provincial legislatures. And although these are two different elections, one is national, one is provincial, we hold these elections on the same day nationwide. And that is what all of us as South Africans are anticipating should happen between May and August of 2024. Uh, We will be all showing up, I hope, for the national and provincial elections. You know, this happens every five years. So it's an important uh, event that happens every five years where South Africans can once again debate, but also decide on the future of their country. Let's begin then with the national elections and electing representatives to the National Assembly. Break that down for us. So South Africans will then um, be able, Cathy, to elect representatives. So these will be candidates that will be either part of a political party And as you know, uh, as a result of the Electoral Amendment Act that uh, took place in 2023, this year, this time around in this election, uh, South Africans will also see independent candidates that they will be able to elect uh, to the National Assembly. So that will be the, the, the big difference. So parties will be represented as well as independent candidates will also be represented on those ballots. And that is how South Africans then select the the representative to the National Assembly. And it's similar when it comes to provincial legislators, the difference being that there you're only uh, selecting political parties or independent candidates who are contesting within a region, a region being the province, uh, and those will make up the provincial legislator. So your representatives uh, at a provincial level. 
when we look at what is happening currently, Moakisi, we have about um, 300 and let me just double check my notes so I give you the right number. So at last count, we had about 356 um, political parties that had been mm. registered with the IEC. Now, those parties that are registered doesn't necessarily mean that these parties will also contest elections, all 356 of them. So what are the processes that are going to be taking place within the IEC between now and when you have a final list of political parties that will end up on the ballot paper? Mm. So there are a number of processes that uh, both political parties and independent candidates will have to follow in order to actually uh, find their names on the ballot paper. And this uh, includes collecting of of signatures to show the support that they have. Uh, They have to apply uh, and and submit their party list or their candidate list. Uh, They will have to pay a deposit. And all of these are put into place, Kathy, to ensure uh, that those who end up on the ballot paper uh, have the the level of seriousness uh, that is required in order to play the role that they have to play, because this is a very, very serious role that these candidates will be saying uh, they they wish to play and, and represent South Africans in the important structures that make up the laws and implement the laws of the country. So we put in those safeguards. not just to, to ensure that the ballot paper isn't as cumbersome you know, uh, as, as possible, but also, as I said, to really gauge the seriousness uh, and the commitment of the people who put up their hands to say they wish to represent uh, and champion the priorities of South Africans who elect them. Mm. So, so in terms of signatures then, how many signatures do political parties and independent candidates have to collect? Um, also give us a, an idea of what needs to go into those party lists. And then I think it's also important for us to talk about um, the deposits, how much political parties and candidates have to put down in order to be eligible for consideration. Mm. So, you know, there's been quite a a lot of of debate and and, and changes uh, as a result of the Amendment Act uh, that speaks to the number of signatures that will be required uh, for those who wish to to contest elections. So for for political parties, um, that will require a 15% uh, of the quota that will be uh, set for that particular province, and that's the number uh, of, of, of support that they will need to, to show. But for independent and candidates... So, so, sorry, sorry, just before we go to independent candidates, so you say yes. for political parties, it's 15% of the quota per province. What does that mean? That it must be 15% of signatures of the population or what? Um, no, no, not specific, Kathy. I will just check. Uh, there's a, a breakdown that we've also put together of what, exactly what that 15% entails, and I will, I will get that information for you. But it, it will be uh, very specific to the, each province. So if, 
it's uh, 80,000, for example, in, in a particular province, it will be 15% of that. Uh, for independent candidates, it has been set at 1,000 signatures, which is uh, slightly lesser, uh, and this uh, was in order to uh, reduce, I suppose, the barrier of entry for the, the independent candidates who will be entering the national and provincial uh, elections at this level for the first time this year. So those requirements are also uh, published on our website. And when it comes to deposits as well, that is also information that uh, will be published on our website, uh, Kathy, so that each of those candidates and political parties who wish to contest will be able to see the specific deposits uh, that they will be required to pay in order to be on the ballot paper. All right. So, so, so as things stand then, when it comes to these deposits and what the requirement is, um, it, it has not necessarily been uh, publicized as yet. We have actually done some consultation around that, um, and that is also still uh, going to be finalized, uh, Cathy. Okay, so, so so at least then that gives us a, a picture of, of just what some of the processes that both political parties and independent candidates will need to be part of in order to just secure the way in the door. So, so beyond then meeting this criteria that you set out, Moachisi, what are the internal processes that the IEC then follows um, again, to get down to um, that final list on the ballot paper? Or is it that if you are approved on all three of these steps, then it means that you automatically qualify to contest the elections? No. So there's no automatic procedure. We really have a robust system uh, of, of how it is that you will be able to land up uh, on the ballot paper. So the application uh, process is also quite rigorous. You have to ensure that uh, an application for registration is submitted, uh, and that includes, you know, the name of the party, which can't be more than, than 60 letters, for instance, an abbreviation needs to be included, which can't be more than eight letters. Uh, a party logo must be submitted, and that will also be scrutinized to ensure both the name, the party logo does not, for example, uh, cause any confusion for voters in that it is similar to a party uh, or that is already registered uh, with the IEC. You need to submit uh, your party's constitution, uh, the deed of foundation signed by you know, registered voters, as I, I alluded to earlier. You have to pay a registration fee. Um, and those are some of the, the processes that you will need to submit yourself to. Registration. And then we scrutinize those who have submitted and then, again, uh, to ensure that only those who are serious and only those who qualify uh, and where, the, you know, there's no um, uh, confusion that might be caused to voters uh, those will end up on the ballot paper. So it is quite a, a process um, that the Electoral Commission uh, follows, uh, and it is one that we, we educate political parties about, and we'll also be doing some information sessions uh, in the coming few weeks, uh, I believe, uh, 
uh, for political parties to inform them about the processes once again, especially the independent candidates who will be entering, so that they're also given an opportunity to comply as best as possible. Mm. You're bringing me to to my next point, Moachisi, which is around the independent candidates, right? This is really um, going to be new terrain in the context of the electoral amendment bill. So let's talk then about how um, the, the process for independent candidates is going to run because, of course, you have a lot more individuals that are represented that aren't necessarily or that don't necessarily have to contest the elections within the umbrella of a political party. Mm. So that's correct, uh, Cathy. So this time around, independent candidates will be able to contest alongside political parties. So maybe let me touch on the what that means in terms of the ballot paper. So for the first time right. this year, we'll Mo- have... Moachisi, Mo- Mo- let me do this. I see that we're edging towards uh, 10.30 and we'll have to bring up the news uh, update. So I'll give you a chance to continue with that because I, I certainly don't want to interrupt you as you get into it. Uh, we're looking at then the upcoming election and really just um, re- making sure that we are well equipped and understand the processes at the IEC and Moachisi is is a general manager within the organization. So we'll continue with her and then I'll also uh, give opportunity for you to ask specific questions that are related to what we are discussing. Remember, we're still going to have many of these conversations, but it's just so that we understand the processes um, and the technicalities of how individuals and organizations move from just that to being registered political parties to then being able to contest the election. So I'll take some of those calls on 086-000-2032 on the WhatsApp voice note line 0614 104107. It's 10.30. Time for your latest news headlines. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. We're in conversation with Moachi Sisibanda, who is a general manager, civic and democracy, education, research and knowledge management at the Electoral Commission of South Africa. And we're talking then about just the ABCs um, of voting. And we're trying to understand the processes that are run by the IEC, particularly when it comes to parties and independent candidates. You'd remember she said, yes, we treat this election as one but really it is in law two elections that are taking place one for national government and the other for provincial um, legislators so let's then Moachisi give you a chance to go into the issue of independent candidates and the process then that they will have to follow in order to contest the elections Yes, Kathy. I think I was just uh, beginning to talk about something that, from our education point of view, um, South Africans really ask about is the number of ballot papers and what that means for what they'll actually see on voting day. Uh, And I must also say that uh, we do produce mock ballots closer to the elections post-candidate nomination, where South Africans will be able to see from our website 
what the actual free ballots will look like. So we can tell you for now, there will be three different colors, and obviously they will be named uh, correctly so that you're able to see. On the first ballot, uh, you will be able to see uh, political parties that will be represented for the National Assembly. The second ballot will carry both political parties or independent candidates who are contesting uh, for the region uh, to the National Assembly. So it will be political parties and independent candidates uh, on a regional ballot, which is a new ballot uh, for seats in the National Assembly. And then we've got the third ballot, which is the provincial ballot, uh, where political parties or independent candidates will be contesting uh, the provincial legislature seats. So these are the three sort of ballots that a lot of South Africans are asking us about. Uh, South Africans are also asking about how long the ballot will be, and we started asking around what other controls we have in place to ensure I, we don't end up with a very cumbersome ballot uh, that may cause some kind of strife to voters on the day. But we will be doing a lot of uh, balloting education closer to the election time as uh, is in line with our election timetable. Sure. So, 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 yeah. so, 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 so sorry, before we continue, just explain again. So we'll have three ballots, which is different to what would have happened traditionally because before we yeah. used to have two ballots, right? One national yeah. and one provincial. So the mm-hmm. one is political parties that are contesting the national election. That is all on mm-hmm. one ballot. So it will look close to what it has looked traditionally, if, if, if yes. I'm understanding you correctly. Yes. The second ballot now, where there may be, where there may be political parties or regional candidates. Um, or, yeah, independent candidates. Or, yes. or independent candidates. So explain that to me, um, right? So, so when you say that there will be political parties on that ballot as well, why would mm-hmm. there be political parties represented on those two ballots and not one? Hello? Yes, Mo- I can, I can I, I, Yes, I can still okay, hear you loud sorry, and clear. You, yeah. Okay, you, you just went off face. Sorry. So, uh, yes. Yes, so, so I was asking, um, explain why you would have political parties and independent candidates on one ballot, um, so, so just clarify that for me. Are you likely to have um, are, are the are the political parties on the second ballot? They're not represented in the first ballot. And what is the thinking behind that? Explain that to me, please. Mm. So, as you said, the, the amendment act uh, changed uh, in that it allowed for independent candidates to now be able to, to, to be part of the National uh, Assembly ballot. So in that second ballot, you will have both political parties and independent candidates because now there is a, a certain portion of the National Assembly where independent candidates will now be given seats, obviously according to the number of votes that they get. So that is the, the, the big change. Whereas before, we used to vote uh, in, the, in the one ballot, the national ballot, for political parties to be represented in the national party. Now the second ballot, the new ballot, allows for independent candidates to gain some of those seats 
that were previously allocated to political parties in simple form. So that is what, what is making that difference. There will now be a portion where independent candidates are also able to contest the number of seats uh, within the National Assembly. That is really a simple way of explaining why there is a bit of a change in this third new ballot. Okay, so so you had said that the third ballot, uh, or the new ballot rather, would have mm. political parties and independent candidates on it, which is what I was struggling to to understand. So yes. which political parties then would be on that ballot if they are already represented in another one? It will be the same political parties. So it's the same political parties will also be able to contest alongside the independent candidates for the National Assembly seat. Remember I said the amendment now provides that a certain portion of the seats in the National Assembly remain for political parties, and then the the other um, portion is now allocated for both independent and political parties to contest. I see. And therefore, okay. Yes. Okay. okay. I, so I, that is why that third ballot okay. is for this dual contestation I see. of political I parties see. and independent candidates. So, so, the third one mm-hmm. remains just a provincial ballot for those parties and independent candidates who wish to to contest for seats in provincial legislature within okay. a particular province. Okay. So 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 basically, if you are voting for a political party nationally in the one ballot, you would have to mark that because that guarantees them the seats according to what has been allocated to political parties. But it doesn't guarantee them seats according to what has been allocated under the Amendment Act. And so that then is going to be covered by the second ballot, which the political parties and independent candidates are going to equally be contesting for. Yes, and and one doesn't replace the other, Cassie. So when you're voting in ballot one for the national ballot, whatever is voted there and the result of that will give the political parties whatever the seats that they will get as per the votes they, they will have acquired. The second ballot, where they have political parties and independents, will be then contesting them for the remaining seats that have been allocated, and those could go to either independent or so many political parties. So the political parties will still have a certain portion where they will get those seats, uh, but this other portion needs to be shared uh, and the shared is not about equally. It really will depend on how voters vote, who will get those seats. Yeah. Uh, but the idea being to allow for independence to enter uh, National Assembly as elected by South Africans. Yeah, look, I, I suppose this is part of why we need to start having um, this conversation as, as soon as possible so that we start mm-hmm. uh, wrapping our, our, our heads around it. Otherwise, um, you know, you could also find a result where there are a number of spoiled ballots uh, as a result of, of this lack of understanding around how the second ballot is going to work already. I'm starting to get questions and some WhatsApp voice note questions, uh, I mean calls and, and WhatsApp voice note questions on it. So I'll take your calls in a moment, 86 
0614-104-102. That's the number to dial on the WhatsApp voice note line, 0614-104-107. I don't want us to move on from this issue until we've dealt mm-hmm. with the questions that our listeners have. So we'll take a quick break and back with those calls after this. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Moachisi Sibanda is a general manager at uh, of civic and democracy education within the IEC. And we're talking about the ABCs of the election. And we've really started the conversation from the bottom up so that we all understand how the process works. Right. So we're dealing simply with the process of parties and independent candidates registering and understanding how those will then end up being able to contest elections and also um, on, on, on the ballot box, on the ballot paper rather. Renita, you're calling us from Pretoria. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. Yes. Uh, the reason for my call I was listening carefully to what Moafi, uh, sorry if I'm not pronouncing her name properly. She's talking about three ballot papers. The first one being the one that is going to be representation of the people going to the National Assembly. The second one is the one that I don't fully understand. Can she please or can you please simplify it for us? Because I don't understand if the second one is still going to have the very same people that are, are going to appear on the first a ballot paper together with the independent candidate, what is the rationale for that? Unless if there's something that I'm not understanding properly. Thank you for now. I will oh. listen on the radio. Sure, no problem. Renata, thanks for that call. Moachesi? Mm. Thank you very much, Renata, for, for that question. Um, this goes back, Kathy, to the Electoral Amendment Act, where the, the crux of the issue was that we in our electoral system needed to find a way to have independent candidates represented uh, at the National Assembly as well. And you know, uh, for local government elections, we do have independent uh, candidates on our ballot papers. But we haven't had this uh, for for national uh, elections. And so without creating uh, a space for them, uh, quite simply, at the National Assembly and therefore uh, having a ballot paper for South Africans to select them, they would not be able to, to, to ascend to, to those roles. So that is really the, the idea, is to allow for independent candidates to also be able to contest for seats within the National Assembly and to allow South Africans, obviously, to participate in electing those independent candidates that they see fit to take up those seats at National Assembly. That is why this is a new ballot. It is one that didn't exist. We just had the national uh, ballot as well as the provincial ballot. This one gives that uh, contestation between the political parties and independent candidates. And you you know, uh, or or it's not maybe something uh, that we have discussed fully. You know that post this election, there is a requirement uh, for for the Minister of of Home Affairs to put together a committee that will then decide on the the electoral system and what will work best for South Africa in future. So South Africans will be able to unpack and participate even further post these elections on on how this works and what we should do uh, for future elections. But for this election, 
uh, in the way that the law is set out now and has been declared now, independent candidates need to be included at that level, and this is what uh, has been provided uh, for that contestation to be uh, enabled. Okay, so 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 then I think Moachesi, one of the things um, that will probably need to happen is that we need to get a better understanding, including education, on the amendments mm. to the Electoral Act and what the provisions in the Electoral Act actually say, so mm-hmm. that when we look at the ballot papers of the IEC. We can look at them with the context of what that that act then prescribes in law. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm hearing you say clear, properly, you are saying that the ballot will look the way that it does because that's what is being prescribed in the act. That's correct. We need to allow for independent candidates to, con- to contest uh, for seats at National Assembly, and that is what is being provided for uh, in yes, this upcoming but, but, election. But what, so, sorry to come in there, what Renata is asking is that if yes. they already have their own ballot paper, why does this ballot paper not have just independent candidates? Why does it have political parties there too? Mm. Well, uh, under this current uh, uh, act, at, it's, we we have about I think 400 uh, seats at national assembly. It's been put such that 200 of those are for the political parties, and the other 200 uh, are, are for. And I absolutely agree. I think it's something we we need to discuss further as as South Africans. But that's why I say post this election, that opportunity will be provided for for us to really see is this something that works and works well. Uh, for our context in South Africa. Uh, And I think there's also been a lot of debate, uh, as you will have seen in the news, around how best to ensure that they enter, independent candidates enter the system uh, in a somewhat equal footing with political parties and uh, and judgments have been made on the best way to apply the law uh, currently for this election. Uh, and I'm sure South Africans will have uh, time to review uh, and, and discuss and debate what to do and what will work best uh, in future for South Africans uh, in, in future after the elections. But when you're speaking around educating more, we do have resources around this, Cathy. Uh, uh, if you go to our website, if you follow our social media platforms, if you also go to our WhatsApp, you'll be able to find some of our early um, uh, release around changes for these elections and around ballots, etc. And this will continue to be released over the next few months as we're really breaking down what the actual changes are, what do they mean, but also how to participate. Because participation is also something that we really need to talk about and motivate people around turning up for election day, but starting with registering for elections. Um, ahead of election day itself. But the resources are there. Uh, We do have a number of uh, over 2,500 education, democracy education facilitators out in the country right now uh, doing really, really great work. Of course, there are many more South Africans to reach, but we are making a really big effort in educating and reaching South Africans on as many platforms as possible in the next coming months so that we're all prepared 
come election day. All right, we'll continue the conversation with Moachisi in a moment. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're doing the ABCs of voting and an important development for this year is going to be that you can anticipate three ballot papers um, when you go and vote. And Moahisi Sibanda, who's with the IEC, has been trying to explain uh, exactly what those three ballot papers will entail. Um, so I'm going to continue then with your questions uh, and comments for Moach, uh, for Moachisi. Uh, let me go to the WhatsApp voice note line and take this before I go back to our callers. Kathy, in simple terms, this does not necessarily mean independent candidate are guaranteed space in the parliament after the election. It only means they are given an opportunity to contest. If voters do not want them, it's not like the special seat reserved only for the independent candidate to contest, such that there will always be a certain number of uh, candidate, independent candidates in the parliament. No, they will be contesting with political parties. It may be that they don't get it. It may be that a certain proportion may be for political party again in this one. So that's simple. They're given an opportunity to contest, but they're not guaranteed to go there. It may end up being only political parties or political parties with few independents. Yes, you're absolutely right in that WhatsApp voice notes. I think uh, you've described it the way that I understand it too. Pro, you're in Johannesburg. Good morning. Hello, how are you, Kathy? I'm well, thank you, Pro. I am fine. I don't know if my question is yes, I thought I'm in the early topic of the day. Mm-hmm. I want I, I hear Dennis Blom, I'm sure the day before yesterday, talking about the statement released by uh Ace Even Jacob Zuma was said that before that there is a, a an election rigging in the ANC. And we 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 see that in by election case at end. I don't know why the IEC can't change the election, uh, the voter, those who, who used to <clears throat> conduct the voters, like uh, teachers and everything, because otherwise you are caring about those people. They are members of SATU, and SATU is affiliated with SATU, which is an alliance with the ANC. I want to ask them, like our, our guest today, how they are, are they continuing to use teachers who are members of SATU for, for, for conducting the election? I will listen over to the radio. All right. Um, th- thank you for that call, Pro. Moachisi, um, you can have your, your go at the response for Pro. Yes. First of all, uh, Katie, I wish to assure South Africans that as the Electoral Commission, uh, the, the rigging, the so-called rigging of elections is something that is uh, patently impossible to do in, in, in South Africa. We have very, very strict uh, uh, protocols in place to ensure that that does not happen and those are very transparent. Transparency is one of our core values at the IEC. We have party agents who are at voting stations are able to oversee as well as local and and international observers. Uh, They are there when counting is conducted and are able to to vouch and verify for for the results that are there. We post the results uh, at the end of counting outside the voting station. We do not move ballots 
to our counting center of any sort of ballots are counted at the voting station, verified and logged, and only then will ballots uh, move out once that process has been has been done. And the results are transmitted simultaneously to the media, to political parties, as well as the electoral commission. Uh, as soon as they come in. And those who've had the opportunity to be at any of our results centers around the country know that those results come live. You see them on the leaderboard. You are able as a political party and as a media uh, person to log into the system and you will see the very, very same results. So that is not something uh, that is uh, true in our instance. Uh, our, Our systems are very, very secure. On the issue of teachers, we have spoken quite a lot about this teachers uh, issue and the misconception created around that. It is not true that we hire a majority of of teachers, uh, Kathy, and in fact, we hired many more young South Africans, uh, even over our registration weekend, to work at voting stations. A very, very small percentage of those who work uh, at voting stations are teachers. But it is also important to say that we do require a level of, of professionalism and, and supervision seniority for those who are leading at voting stations. And this is to secure uh, your rights as South Africans so that you can trust the process. Because voting day and voting stations are high, high pressure environments. And we only get one chance uh, as South Africans, and not just as the Commission, as South Africans, to host these election events and we cannot risk any mistakes being made. And so that seniority of the type of people we want to hire, and it's not that teachers are picked out, we're speaking about the type of person uh, that we, we hire. And as I said, it is a misconception that we only just hire teachers or a, in a large majority, Kathy. All right. Th- thanks for that, Ahisi. I think um, I'll, I'll wrap it up then with just one last comment from um, one of our listeners, and then we'll head over to the news desk. Lubio Chengele, Cape Town. I want to establish what is difficult for IEC to make a combined uh, pilot paper with political organizations and independent what is difficult to make one pilot paper combined uh well i I think if i understand there will be a ballot paper that will have a both political parties and independent candidates as i explained but you know, I think the voting process, and I'm glad that you're saying, Kathy, that we need to unpack this further and you know, and do it maybe as a as a series, really selecting certain elements to break down. That whole voting process does require a lot of logistical planning, uh, and if we can't have, it's a national and provincial uh, election, as you remember, there's two different elections that we're already combining into one day. So in a way, we have uh, taken out, you know. Uh, splitting of elections into different days and in different events. It is already one event. We're asking you to come out on one day to elect uh, for national and provincial elections. And we also have that ballot, as I said, that will have political parties and independent candidates as a new entry ballot in the system. So I, th- I believe the, the question will be answered on the day. And I know South Africans, Kathy, maybe as my last word, are quite uh, not anxious, but we're all very 
interested and, and, and asking a number of questions around all these changes, as I said, please do visit all our information platforms. Go onto our WhatsApp line 0800-880000 and read the information and you'll begin to see uh, how we simplified what it is you will experience on voting day, what you will get, and what it is that you must do. All right. uh, and hopefully, Kathy, you invite us back so we really talk about the ballot uh, and, and how uh, 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 South Africans should deal with it on the day to ensure that uh, they utilize their rights correctly. All right. Mo'arisi Sibanda, we're going to have to leave it there for today. It's, um, it's time for the latest news update.